Frequency Cast Update. Hi, this is Carl. And this is Pete. Each month we bring you the Frequency Cast podcast, our tantalising take on technology. What you're listening to now is a mini show to keep you updated while we're busy working on the next show. So, Pete, what's been going on? News time, but first off, a question for you. What TV channel launched in 1997? Sky. No. 1997. Channel 5. Spot on, absolutely. And you know, they've had four names since they've been on. They started as Five the Number, then they were Channel 5, spelt F-I-V-E, then they were just Five, and now they've rebranded. Guess what, too? Uh, Channel 5? How mad is that? Good. How old are they? (laughs) 14. Didn't quite work, that joke, did it? Not really, no. Sadly, it didn't. Um, The other two channels they've got, Fiverr, is going to be called Five Asterisk. Oh, so it hasn't doubled with inflation. It's not a tenner now. No, look at that. That's how it's going to be written. Five Star, which I think is a pop group. Oh, yeah, the slightest touch. So, yes, five will be five asterisk or five star, and five USA will be number five USA. All very silly, but I thought I'd let you know. I feel so much better for that. What else can you tell me? I want to talk to you about Waze. Oh, gosh. Right, I'll leave you to it. Here, Pete, Mike, Mike, Pete, talk to each other for hours. So Waze is the sat-nav app I continually bang on about. They've just brought out a new version, and it lets you broadcast, which is really kind of cool. If you're stuck in a traffic jam, you hit a button and record what's going on. So, hey, I'm stuck on the M25, and press a button, and all the other motorists in your area get your voice going, problem on the M25. How cool is that? So you're a travel broadcaster. Right. I'm not too sure that that's going to be used very well. I can imagine there's a lot of abuse opportunities waiting to happen. I think I might be one of those people doing it as well. Okay, and you? Uh, what else have you got for ways, and what other exciting things next? Should we tell me you can take pictures? Well, of course you can. You've been able to take pictures for a long time, so if you're stuck in traffic, take a picture and do some audio. I'm actually thinking of using the Frequency Cast Waze account to do some broadcasting. So I'll do travel news brought to you in association with Frequency Cast. Your tantalising take on technology. Good idea. Uh, and also a personal favour. Anyone that's using Waze, please get in touch. I only recently discovered that if I have five Facebook friends of people that use Waze, I get 2,000 chompy, chompy, chompy points. So if you have Facebook and you have Waze, please be my friend. I need five of you and we all get loads of points. How cool is that? I don't know. The desperation you go to to get friends, Pete, is astounding. What else have you got? I'll tell you who's not making any friends at the moment, Sky. Why? Well, they finally got round to killing off their Channel 1 at the start of February, and we've had an awful lot of complaints about it. If you remember, it launched as Virgin 1, but was taken over by Sky in June last year. So Sky had to rebrand it from Virgin 1 to Channel 1, which they did last September, and also in September last year they announced they were going to be killing it along with Bravo. It's finally gone as of the 1st of February, and there are an awful lot of people up in arms about it. That's no good, is it? And, of course, that leaves a lot of Star Trek and Chuck fans without a new home to go to. Oh, no Chuck. No Chuck. No Sarah Walker. How sad. It's not going well. And on the subject of Sky, those of you with Freeview, note that Sky 3 will be renamed as Pick TV at the end of February. Also for Freeview viewers, there's a new channel that's appeared, just called TBA, to be advised, on Channel 45. And before you ask, we don't know. Well, it's to be advised, isn't it? Not, not to be confirmed. No, it'll be TBC. That's coming soon. But the arrival was to be confirmed. Anyway, uh, the other thing I want to pass on to you, BBC Radio 7 does loads of comedy and drama and stuff. Well, that's funny. And it's very funny that it's going to be changing its name. No longer BBC Radio 7. Soon it will be BBC Radio 4 Extra. Well, naturally. 
Anything else to tell us? One other thing we should point out. What's that? Uh, that's the new Home Hub, isn't it? Ah, yes. BT is bringing out the Home Hub 3. We've just got one and we're putting it through its paces now. But from the picture there, you can see it's about half the size of the Home Hub 2. Three lights on the front. And what is different about it is it no longer has the little handset, you know, the phone that goes with it. Oh, isn't that a disappointment? It is a little bit. They're dropping the BT broadband talk service. So no more decked phone. It is a lot smaller. It's got much improved Wi-Fi, which is really good news. And as well as having the four Ethernet ports on the back, it's now got a connector for BT. Infinity, their high-speed connection. Nice. And if you're interested in the Home Hub 3, any questions, fire them across and we shall update our review and FAQ and maybe even cover it in the next show. Well, good stuff. Now, have you got some feedback for me? Lots of feedback to the last show. Have a crack at this one. This first one is uh, from Richard Pace talking about tablets that we covered in show 60. I've got an iPad, my second one. They don't bounce very well, do they? And they're so damn slippery without a case. Uh, The iPad is perfect for someone like me who is disabled and spends a lot of time in bed. I can prop it up portrait style and tap away to my heart's content. If I was more mobile and got out more, I'd go for the Galaxy Tab, as you can hold it comfortably in one hand. But for around the house, lounging on the sofa, etc., I think the iPad is the best. It makes a brilliant portable TV, too. Well, thank you very much for that. Who's that from? Richard. Thank you very much, Richard. And we've also got one from Simon Hudson. Yeah, he says, Hi, guys. Just listened to your review of the iPad versus Galaxy Tab. And it's great to hear some critical review that isn't Apple-orientated. Well, we tried our best. You also make some good points about the devices changing the way we use technology. It's about having a device that suits the tasks or the environment rather than a hefty general purpose device. I'd like to have seen you supply more information about the version of Android that the tab runs and what the upgrade to Android 3 will bring. Carl, can you help on that one? Of course not. I didn't think you could. So the Samsung Galaxy Tab is using Froyo. Frodo? Lord of the Rings. Uh, So it's Android version 2.2 that's codenamed Froyo, Frozen Yogurt. The Tab 2 from Samsung is due out fairly soon, and that's rumoured to be using version 3 of Android, which is codenamed Honeycomb. How sweet. Oh, it's the bee's knees. Android version 3 supports newer hardware, improves the UI, and offers some improvements to the web browser, including tabbed web pages and form autocomplete. And the first device with Honeycomb is expected in the next couple of months. Superb. Uh, Simon also goes on to say... You didn't mention the handful of Windows tablet slates appearing. Mm, Sorry about that, I've been very naughty there. They mostly miss the coolness factor, and they don't have neat apps. And the interface can be a bit hit and miss, literally. On the other hand, they work really well for corporate environments, since they use all the existing software, infrastructure, security, etc, etc, and so forth. And Simon goes on to say, if you want a neat device for the coffee table or your bag, or a surprisingly large coat pocket, then it's the iPad or the Android. If you want to use your existing Windows apps on a tablet-sized device, you can do that too with a Windows device. There you go. Nice. Did we get any more? Oh, we got two questions from Ian Johnston. When talking about 3D TV, as you mentioned, there are various glasses and systems being developed. I note that the Samsung 3D TVs adopt the £75 glasses one. That's the one where you turn them on, isn't it? My question is whether we will end up with a VHS slash Betamax style battle to win the format war here. I reckon you're probably right. Probably will. Well, funnily enough, you say that, but not quite. There are going to be some issues. There are indeed different types of 3D TV. For a start, you've got the passive glasses, which are just the the ones you get at the cinema, versus the active shutter ones 
screens, which are the ones with the batteries in that flicker. However, as far as the broadcast side of things goes, Sky TV's 3D service, for instance, broadcasts out in just the one format, and it's the TV manufacturer's job to display it and encode it. So the Panasonic TVs and the Samsung TVs and the Sony TVs all go at decoding it in their own unique way. So there aren't the compatibility problems of being able to view 3D TV, but of course you can't share the glasses. So Samsung glasses won't work on Panasonic or Sony, for instance. Right. But of course there are other 3D sources out there, games, consoles and the like. And there is something in the pipeline called DVB3D TV, which is an attempt at getting a standard format that works across absolutely everything. Isn't it true that they're actually developing a sort of TV set that doesn't need any glasses at all? They are indeed. And of course we've also, uh, in March, got the new uh, Nintendo DS 3D coming out, which also doesn't need glasses. Oh, good. And Ian's second question is about broadband. I asked my broadband provider, TalkTalk, for my Mac code. Not out of desperate desire to move now, but against future need. The thing was, I was told that the exchange is uncoupled. I would not need a transfer. Is this correct? I don't think it is. The whole point, do you know what a Mac code actually is? I have no idea what I've just read. Well, you read it beautifully. Well done. Would you like to know? Not really. (laughs) But I suppose someone out there might, so you better answer it. If you have a broadband provider and you're looking to change to another broadband company, what you do is phone your existing broadband provider and say, can I have a Mac code? That's an authorization code. You then go to your new provider and say, I'd like to switch. Here's the Mac code. You do need it. They actually use a Mac code for a couple of reasons. One is to prove that you've finally finished and wrapped up and finished your contract with the existing provider. So it's just to double check that they're going to let you go. And it's also to um, make sure that switching requests are genuine. So regardless of what's going on at the phone exchange, you do need a Mac code to move. Thank you. That was thoroughly interesting. Here we go. What's the next one we've got? Uh, The next one, of course, is Rob Dixon, who mustn't be mistaken for Rob Dickinson. Uh, The discussion about advertising on websites was interesting. Did we discuss what was being advertised on websites? Do you remember we had that question about... I remember. I remember. I'm just teasing you. Yes, whether or not they should do and, and how they should be doing it. There are two points that I thought were missing. I think it would have been worth mentioning that IE9 won't be available to WinXP. Yes, so the new version of Internet Explorer, IE9, won't work on Windows XP. Secondly, I think that mentioning paying for websites as an alternative to seeing adverts was worth mentioning. I don't mind seeing adverts because it avoids me having to pay. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have a website with adverts than pay to have a website without adverts. No, I don't want to pay for websites. I much prefer that advertising is paying for it. Uh, We also had some feedback from Steve talking about streaming that we're going to cover in our next show. He says... I thought I'd just let you know that I am now listening to the show on my new Samsung internet-enabled LED TV. Good grief, I did that in my mouthful. Right, uh, it's using a service called Drivecast. The internet side is great. Can't quite believe how good the BBC iPlayer looks. But I want more. Well, of course you do. Ideally, full Google access, emails, etc. I wondered if you might review and compare the internet compatibilities currently and planned for these new breed of TVs. Funny you say that, Steve. We are actually going to be looking in show 61 at streaming media and one of the Sony family of internet-enabled TVs. Now, it doesn't do email, but it does everything else. And it's gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. All the streaming stuff we could do and all the YouTube and all the downloadable movies and love film. No, it's all very good. It's all interactive and, and very um, super sexy and sleek and, and actually a little bit haunting and spooky, the way it sort of intimidated me with its abilities. Yeah, you were a bit freaked out by the um, Big Brother is watching you bit when it came to streaming photos, weren't you? Yes. 
especially those photos it was streaming. There you go. So we will be talking a little bit about internet-enabled TVs in show 61. The thing you might want to watch out for, Steve, is Google TV, which launched right at the end of last year. There's no decent hardware in the UK for it yet, but that will be a Google set-top box that does Google Video, and undoubtedly it will have some kind of internet access and email access on there as well. Fantastic. Well, that's all for this update. The next full-length Frequency Cast is due out on the 1st of March. Visit www.frequencycast.co.uk to get in touch and to sign up for news updates and be ready for our next tantalising take on technology. Please tell your chums about us and spread the word. Frequency Cast. Update complete.